This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. I'm your host, Jimmy Skinner. With me, as always, Mr. Garrett Johnson in What's his ugly on? blue Kentucky room, man. I just can't. <laughs> you got to get used to it now. I know. They're actually getting decent at football, so I'm just going to start rubbing it in in people's faces until they get that <laughs> again. I only get like once a century to get hyped about this, so. I, I used to know how that felt, and I, I started to think that's what was happening uh Alabama was having a not that I've been watching lately because I just don't get into football anymore. But uh, Alabama was struggling, which I kind of appreciate. That's kind of why I stopped watching college football because my team was too good. Like I don't mean that like big headed. Yeah. I'm not like Still a crazy one of our coaches, fan. and then you guys created dynasties after that. I mean, Bear Bryant. Whatever works. I mean, well, that's what Nick Saban's done with the rest of the SEC. Now all of the coaches that are kicking ass are all prior assistant coaches or hit offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators from yeah. our school. I mean, Steve Sarkeesian sucked in the NFL, came to us. Now he's kicking ass. I mean, I don't know. I like it. I, yeah, I can't stand uh, when a team's just like on top of the world. Like the only team well, I think I've ever been okay about that was like the Bulls in the 90s because I'm that old. I like to see the, uh, the champs fall. So I'm hoping 
Kentucky can get it done this weekend against Georgia. I don't think it's going to happen, but Auburn Auburn held it close. Uh, yeah, they almost did it. Yeah, I and didn't watch that, but everybody South was freaking Carolina out. South Carolina almost did it, but I mean they played one half at least and almost did it. Interesting season, I think, but yeah. it's about to come to a screeching halt for me because hockey is here. So, um, which. You want to talk about some stuff not going good? That's the Predators preseason, and oh yeah, it's, it's bad. <laughs> it's like the only team they beat themselves at the Clark's <clears throat> full. Well, arena. I don't put too much stock in preseason, though. No, um, no, and and it's kind of yeah. like baseball. There's so many games that are, yeah, like it shit changes. Like they but don't. In reality, all most the of the Preds teams that have been good don't really get figured out till like December. So yeah. I don't really start panicking until after that point. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Looking forward to doing some fishing. I think we're going to try and go fishing this weekend. Yeah. Be nice. First uh, time I've fished since, uh, I think, the first week of July. Be the first time I've like fun fished in probably two months or so. Every, every other time, it's only been able to make time for a tournament here and there. And when I do do it, it's I do terrible. <laughs> As uh, we'll see here in a little bit, but yeah, I I didn't have, I don't even know. I think I only did three tournaments, three or four this year, and I was like middle of the pack in, I think all of them at best. But I don't know. We've talked about it. I just kind of don't get. I'm starting to just not give a shit about me in tournament fishing. Like, yeah, I want to get back to just having some fun. <clears throat> I think that's but, where it starts, and then then you'll start catching the bug again and be like, oh, I'm gonna go. Test my skills. I'm sure it's a vicious cycle. Yeah, something I've been doing that's been helping that is uh, getting back into other hobbies. Which I've got to find a cheap hobby, man. Like reading. They don't exist. They don't. Guys, at least. No. Everybody. Every hobby's got an extreme you can take it to. Yeah. I I got. We got back into guns and shooting. That's expensive. Um, Oh yeah. Disc golf. Disc golf's relatively cheap. You don't have to have a lot to play disc golf. But I haven't been able to play because it broke my wrist. So I tried doing some putting in the front yard the other day, and that still hurts like a bitch. So I can't do that yet. Mm. Uh, I'm I'm curious to see how fishing goes this weekend. Well, uh, there may be a whole there lot with of like a drop shot or something, and go get me. Just drag that around and not do anything. <laughs> no, nope. I don't think I want to do that. I'll just wear my wrist out. We'll see what happens. Yeah, start I think I'll be good if I don't. Consider it physical know. therapy. Well, that's yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, so uh, talking about tournament seasons, uh, a lot of the seasons are coming coming to the end. We just had the, I think that was the final Hobie event, wasn't it? Before the before TFC. the TFC, yeah, yeah. I think there's another there's a Bassmaster on the Susquehanna or Susky this weekend. Yep, I really uh, really wanted to make that event. But yeah. I don't think my wife is, would appreciate me being across the country this close a to her house. Yeah. yeah. So <coughs> that's we, probably we have a doctor's. A, yeah. No. No. It's not. We have a doctor's appointment tomorrow, and I'm putting like a side bet on there. Like, yeah, you're not going to make it till November. So it'll be interesting. But uh, we got a lot of championships going on. Alabama's championships coming up in October, and the show we got for you today is the the Cast Tennessee State Championship on. Oh damn it! I had it. Hemsford. 
Tim's Ford. I always want to say Watts Bar. Just like if it's not Chick, my mind goes straight to Watts Bar. It's actually not on the Tennessee River, which the last four years it's been on the Tennessee River chain. So nice. That nice. was kind of refreshing to not fish the Tennessee River for a change. So give give us a real quick, Garrett. Give us a rundown of what Cast is. So Cast is essentially a body of. 11 clubs around the state uh we'll consider these grassroots clubs um a lot of them have pretty good attendance like between 20 to 50 to 60 per event um and that's each club usually draws that um and so there's 11 of them and then throughout the year they collect their aoi points and um there's a qualification to fish the state championship so each club gets to send 10 anglers to the state championship and it's really an individual event but there's kind of like a uh who's yeah clubs against each other uh where they're fishing for a paddle that gets passed down every year it's kind of like the aoi type paddle i guess uh it's, it's got it, engravings it's of every club. Paddle. yeah yeah bragging rights pretty much it uh but it, every club kind of takes it seriously because it's just cool to have that for a year. Heck yeah. uh, and it's kind of been passed around quite a bit. It's not really been like totally dominated by a single club. Um, there's a lot of very talented anglers across the state. And every year it seems like they keep getting better uh, and more new guys that are better and better. So it's it's a uh, evolving that's but, why uh, that's why me and Garrett are talking about getting out of tournaments. It's because we suck. That's why. <laughs> yeah, we suck. Yeah, we're we're old I've, news. I've been I've gotten beat so bad the last couple of tournaments. I'm like, man, I don't even know if I want to tournament fish right now. Yeah, I went and I went and looked at the results from this one after you told me you fished it, and I was like, oh, okay. Oh yeah, it's, I get you. Bad. Yeah, I had a well, uh, bad time on the water, but it was a great time. Like uh, overall, I'd like. I mean, I broke a rod and my batteries kept dying on me. They died twice in the middle of the vent. Um, I got all the way to a long, like made a long run to a spot and there was two guys already there. Then bass boats on top of me on, on top of that, which is typical for me. Uh, and what else happened? Oh, I got hung up in a tree and then shook a bunch of pollen all over me and like started breaking out in hives and stuff. In the middle of the tournament, uh, you're gonna have to learn that when all of these signs are telling you to just go home, just do it. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, and, and my very first fish uh, broke it off in a tree, like on the hook set. So I watched it eat my buzz bait and set the hook, and it snapped my line. I was like, "What the hell?" Dude? <laughs> <laughs> well, so, we've got a couple of guys here that did not have a terrible weekend at this event. So yeah, they uh, uh, absolutely smashed them. Let's bring these two guys on. We got uh, Luke Graham and the Fluke Fairy. I love that name. Yeah, that you, name can, you, you can thank Jared for that. <laughs> <laughs> the Fluke Fairy. I'll let him divulge as much information about that as he wants to, but uh, he ended up buying a bunch of Fluke packs for uh, the club and uh, was handing them out and... <laughs> So, <laughs> that's awesome. the, the flute fairy after that that's pretty cool well uh boys welcome to the show um we'll uh 
give you all a chance to introduce yourselves, actually. So for anybody that doesn't know you all and our listeners all over the country and the world, uh, tell us a little bit about yourselves. Either one of y'all can start. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Go ahead, Fluke Ferry. You got it. I'm, I'm Tyler Phillips. I'm from Sparta, Tennessee, and I fish with CTKA. Um, this is my first year in a kayak, and I made state team, which I was. You almost, you almost won our AOI this year. I think you were. I did. Two points yeah, away. Yeah, two points. <clears throat> so that's pretty impressive. But. Yeah, keep going, man. You, I mean, you've been fishing for a while, so it's not like you, you didn't know what you. Oh doing. yeah, yeah. I mean, do you want me? Do you want to hear about the turn? How the tournament went? Or uh, no, tell me more about yourself. Like, how did you get into oh, this tournament fishing? And like, how long have you been fishing in general? Uh, uh, I've been fishing for probably since I was five, six years old, out of a bass boat. Uh, yeah, and I got some real close friends in CTKA and they're, they're more like family uh, that just kept pestering me about getting a kayak and getting into this. And I was like, y'all are crazy. And finally broke down and, and bought a Hobie last year. And it was, it was history after that. I loved it. Whoops. Just Alive. kidding. Dang. <laughs> I couldn't find my cursor and I clicked it. And it, of course it's sitting hidden in that freaking picture that just popped up on the screen. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, since since you bought that Hobie, you've been kicking our tails every time, every every other event. It seems like, yeah, take your tail. Yeah. And he also earned uh, what was it? First out of the money, like we give a gift card away in our club for first out of the money. And I want I want all those. <laughs> yeah, he won like every <laughs> single one. And uh, the owner of the shop that's for Harpeth River Outfitters, and he he messaged me. He's like, "Hey, is this right? Did he?" actually win all of these and it's like yeah he he won like every single one somehow that's hilarious yeah he's like are you sure this isn't a scam or something i was like no it's that's him that's for real <laughs> that's awesome well uh luke what about you yeah man my name is luke graham i'm i live in knoxville tennessee i grew up in nashville um i fished this or this year and last year with tin cat here locally in the Knoxville area that it's a it's a pretty good sized group and we fish like every lake within an hour I would say which is why kind of why I gravitated towards that group is because they don't just hit like one or two lakes across their schedule they actually hit a, a large variety of lakes I mean like I said everything within an hour and a half or two hours and we even stretch it out to like Dale Hollow and some other places but yeah, if you're um, not familiar with Knoxville like there's like 10 
Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah, that's not like a, a minimal statement. Like there's, you've got yeah. Loun and Talico like in town in Mountain Hill. Then you've got Watts Bar, Chickamauga, Norris, Cherokee, Douglas. I yeah. mean, it's there's a lot real, relatively close by. Um, so we we get a good variety on the schedule. Um, but yeah, I I I've been bass fishing for like I don't know two and a half years maybe. I grew up doing a lot of like. Uh, fly fishing and saltwater inshore fishing um my older brother and i fish a lot you said harpeth river outfitters i remember yeah. we belonged to this like swim club growing up that backed up to the harpeth river so my brother and i spent like every afternoon waiting in the harpeth river uh, in the summers so i'm sure it was very... a lot different then than it is now what'd you say i'm sure it was a lot different then than it is now there's oh yeah i have no idea i haven't been there in, yeah. in forever i just remember waiting around and like we did the whole nine yards, like fishing, setting up crawdad traps and stuff. So I've been fishing for a long time, but I just, you know, I didn't get back, like back into bass fishing really until a couple of years ago. And somebody took me out on a boat and, you know, we had a, we had a good afternoon. And then I was like, you know what? I really should, I really should give that a shot again. I'd been fly fishing a lot. And so I went, um, bought a rod cause I had like no conventional tackle at home. And then, uh, I went like once. I think. And I was like, I, I can't do this from the bank though. Like that's going to kill me. So I started looking at, uh, looking up kayaks and I didn't even know at the time that, that, that it was a thing. Like I didn't know there were fishing kayaks. I didn't know that there were tournament trails, like any of that. And then I just very, you know, very quickly fell down the rabbit hole. So oh, yeah, it's easy to do, especially yeah. if you get in there with the right crowd, like 10 cat. Yeah, so that road hold fast. Yeah, for sure. So I bought a like a paddle kayak, and I think that first year, I I fished on like loud and with them just to see, like just to see, you know, because yeah. I I mean it was like I I think I might like tournaments, and then last year I did a majority of the events um in the state tournament and stuff, but I was still paddling. I was like I was forcing myself to do a full year in a paddle. I don't know why. Like that's like. Just to prove a point. Like a masochist yeah. tendency or something. But I was like, no, I just was going to do a full season in a paddle kayak to yeah. make sure I liked it. And then I, at the end of the year, I bought a Hobie and, you know, motor and the whole the whole nine yards. And so this this season has been very different for me. Oh, yeah. I mean, you you had a pretty good season, I think, didn't you? Like, uh, uh, I remember you won the Tennessee Bass Nation on Chickamauga earlier this year. Yeah. I won, I won Tennessee Bass Nation on Chick. I won on Douglas for Tennessee Bass Nation. Yeah. Um, I I had a good national championship for Bassmaster. Um, you know, won a bunch of local events. So, yeah, it's been a good year. Hammer. Heck yeah, dude. That's awesome. You know, it's a little side, a little side talk here. It's crazy that, you know, I've been doing the podcast thing for like two or three years and talking about you forcing yourself to do the paddle kayak thing before, you know, getting into, you know, kind of diving all in pedal motor, all that stuff. It is kind of crazy that my argument used to be that like, none of that mattered. Like you can do it either way, but I'm telling you, it's starting to be where you kind of have to now. I never thought you, you don't have to, there's obviously still guys that do it, you know, more quote unquote conventional, just paddle only no electronics. It's still possible. But it is crazy to see like how far the tournaments have come and all the tech and stuff like now. And like having a conversation with guys now, I actually have like I've noticed that I'm having to say it like, 
you could, but you probably should spend the money. Like, like maybe not as far as live scope, but just in general, like it's getting, it's because it's not that the, the tech is getting tougher or anything like that. It's just, there's so many good people. And if you Mm -hmm. take a very talented angler and they're already going to be using that stuff, I mean, you're already in a disadvantage. Like it, it has gotten crazy that it's done yeah, so I think, fast. I think you're right. Like, I think you, you can definitely, you know, you can definitely do it in paddle kayak. And um, I mean, I, I had a lot of good finishes last, the, the last year too, but you know, it's like when you start weighing it out, it's like, okay, you know, what, what kind of pushed you over the edge? Um, I think a lot of it though has to do with how much time you spend on the lake. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like last year I had never fished any of those lakes. Minus Loudon and like Melton Hill, which is next to my house. And so this year I had been on all of those lakes at least once. You know what I mean? That's a yeah. big, that's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I think that's probably the biggest differentiator, but you're right that like the pedals, the motors, the whatever it is, it's, it, it does make a difference. Well, and it all kind of rolls together because like we always say, there's no replacement for like experience time on the water. Yeah. Well, Okay, when you maximize your time on the water with pedals or a motor or right, instead yeah, of sure. motoring around mindlessly, motoring around with a nice graph, <laughs> like you, yeah. you're you're doing what we're telling you. You're just giving yourself more efficient yeah. time. So it, it's sure. it's definitely just getting that way. Which it, it, maybe it's bad for kayak fishing in the sense of like new people coming in, but at the same time, I mean, I don't know how many people I've seen that like come in blind and spend ten grand. Like, yeah, there's a lot I know of guys it's not for everybody, but there's in. a lot of them that do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you also don't have to do that. I mean, at this point, like we've got, I think locally, we like, we've got a couple of bare bones trails. So like, if you want to go fish a trail that doesn't allow any of that, it's available to you. You know what I mean? Yeah. At least get your feet wet. Um, That's like down, down here in Alabama, like this North Alabama club that I'm in, like we have all the nice stuff like there's no rules against it and we still get our ass handed to us by the creek guys and the pedal boats like (laughs) you know i I was gonna say too i think it also very much depends on what type of event it is yeah type of event or region for sure it's like yeah those guys can still destroy you on certain river events and like shallow yeah like once you get into river events like it barely it barely matters I mean, yeah. that's basically what most of our events come down to. It's like, mm. like no one is going to beat a river rat fishing main lake on Wheeler. It's not going to happen. I don't like, I don't care if you're, I, have something to say I don't care if you're Kevin Van Dam. Like he's got a big, uh, 360. He's hauling over rocks and the motor got on the front. He's just a real man. <laughs> yeah, we, we like <laughs> as a club, like in, advisory like trying to figure out the tournament schedule like we have conversations about certain i mean because it's basically all tva like conversations about like do you allow you know do you allow the river sections that that belong to some of those lakes like loudon for example do you let people fish in the holston the french broad yeah, because or the, or the little pigeon and all like that stuff. you can go fish you can go fish on loudon against those guys but you're gonna lose every single time I mean, it's just not, it's not even remotely the same body of water. Um, And so I do think sometimes it's hard to weigh, you know, when you're setting up the tournaments, like where do you cut it off? Oh man, I'm running into that right now. Um, Our state championships on Lake Weiss, which is Coosa River Lake. And it is terrible fishing right now. And 
a lot of the guys were trying to move the event away and worried about it. But, you know, you work with the Chamber of Commerce. You don't want to, like, pull the plug on it. So we all talked about it, and they were like, well, let's open the boundaries up. So we opened the boundaries up into Georgia, just following the feeder rivers to give because there's also 150 boat ABT going out of Lake Weiss that day. So we're like, we'll give everybody an option to do whatever they want. You can fish the fast creeks, the slow rivers, the big lake. And of course, like everybody's got something to complain about too much water (laughs) favoring the Creek guys. You can't make everybody happy. You can't. I've done, I've done just to like, I just don't care. Like (laughs) just just, at some point, you're just going to say it is what it is. This is what we're doing. Yeah, it. I I'll take notes just to I get or leave it. Com- people's complaints in mind for the next year, but it's like <laughs> for every one complaint, there's one person that has the opposite opinion. So you end up fifty fifty no matter what you do. So the way I play it is one year I'm going to piss these people off, and the next year I'm going to piss these people off, and then that's just everybody's <laughs> pissed at the end of it. So fuck it, like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but enough of that, man. But let's so let's get into this. So one of you boys, tell me about this lake. Um, as much as you know about it and Gary, you can fill in any info of, you know, any that maybe they miss on. Cause I know nothing about this lake other than driving past it. Yeah. Well, you guys actually did well on this lake. So let me hear what, how you would describe this lake. Tyler, have you fished at Tim's Ford more than once? One time I fished the Tennessee hammer event and it sucked. For me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So I mean, I'll, I'll go first and just give you a description, I guess. So Thames Ford is a, I, I would describe it as like your kind of stereotypical Highland Reservoir. Um, it's not a, it's not a giant lake, but it does have a lot of variation to it. So you've got like, you know, you've got main channels kind of running through it, uh, like uh, northwest to southeast there's like three big ones and then there's just tons of coves and creek arms and branches off of it um but it's got it's got like pretty good water clarity uh, assuming that it's not blown out like if you get close to the dam it's going to be pretty clear water it's not like um for people in east tennessee it's not like norris clear um but it's but it's i think some people would describe it as clear water and then you've just the one thing that I said about it, seeing it this weekend, but also, so, so just a little background, like I've been going to Tim's Ford for like two decades, not to fish. My parents own a house on the lake. They have for like 16 years. We used to go down with friends all the time. That's the lake that I like learned to water ski on, tubed on for the first time, rode a jet ski, like all of those lake activities that you do hanging out with family. I did all of that at Tim's Ford for years. Even like half of the state on this side of the what'd you say said you and like half of the state on this side of the state did that right so i was trying to explain to somebody because they're like why are there so many docks here and i was like well so people that live in nashville right if you live in nashville your only lakes are like old hickory and uh what's the person and and like center hill's nice but you can't build a house on it you know what i mean like you can't get you you can't get a dock on it basically so um, so people buy down on Tim's Ford and they build these homes and there's a bunch of docks and stuff. That's the other thing. There's like a billion docks on that lake. Um, but the main thing that I said about it is like, when you look at the lake, like everything looks good. And I think that makes it a little bit challenging to approach. Cause like you go out there in a cove or on a point or even main lake. And it's just like, there's so much stuff. If you were just looking around that you'd be like, I want to fish all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is that there isn't fish on everything. Um, but yeah, that's kind of the, the lay of the lake though. 
Tyler, would you agree with that? I would agree. It's it's a lot like center hill. It's got gravel. It's got chunk rock. It's got bluffs. Uh, you've got a few more kind of offshore, you know, hump looking stuff, kind of like Del Hollow mixed in with it. But there yeah, is also it's not some, as steep and as yeah, I should yeah, it's, yeah, it's not as steep. There's a good mix of smallmouth and largemouth. Like it's a yeah. it's yeah. a pretty good split. And honestly, they're everywhere. Like I was yeah. fishing somewhere this weekend where I didn't expect to catch a smallmouth, and I and I caught a big smallmouth. I thought like I was out of smallmouth water, and they're still yeah. there. So, That's yeah, cool. I was I was in smallmouth water and only saw largemouth. So I was like, I only saw them though. I never. I never Everybody says that about Dale Hollow. They're like, I came here for smallmouth, and all I'm catching is is largemouth. Dude, that's me. I well, they're I they're there. Figured it out on Dale. Oh, Hollow. they're definitely there. They're there. Oh, I know I everybody I know catches really great <laughs> fish out of there, and I just find giant large or not giant, but I find good largemouth there. That's all I can do. I don't understand it. Go go so, when it's dark. Yeah, I've heard dark and like January. And like, yes, so, I think it was Kazmir Spring. Me, like like yep. go when it's. He was like, go when it's super uncomfortable to be on the water, and you'll have a great smallmouth trip. Like cold, yep. you mean? Yeah, yeah. like yeah. Dimitri Rain and, and snowing. Yeah, yeah. I was telling somebody that's when I want to fish Tim's Fort. I feel like that's the type of lake that fishes good when it's like twenty degrees out. Oh yeah, I can see that. We've got some. We've got some of that around here. Like my favorite months to fish is January and February, like ice cold. I'm. I try to like enjoy the cold. Like I enjoy the cold weather. It's just I guess a lot of the lakes around here just don't seem to set up well for it. Um. They're they're definitely lakes that thrive. Alabama, no. Yeah, they that it's it's honestly like Florida fisheries. They thrive in that like first warm spring snap. The early spring is like when our lakes are like I would say the best. I'm sure there's some guys that would argue with that, but like hearing about guys going out and doing these winter trips in like Del Hollow and these other lakes like that, I just you don't hear a lot of that from uh you know any of the lakes down here really like it's it's very a seasonal fishery it's like when winter hits guys go deer hunting like they're like no the fishing sucks in this state <laughs> yeah. i'm off the water yeah <laughs> well let's hear about since y'all both uh, you've got a lot of experience on the lake but not as much fishing experience it sounds like yeah this is the first time i fished it i That's mean crazy. Apart, from, apart from like casting off my parents dock and like uh, paddling around around their dock one time and making a couple of casts. I've never fished the lake. Yeah. That's insane. And then Tyler's only fished it one other time. So tell me about how y'all approach your like preparation and pre-fishing for all of this. Like how, like, like Luke, for you, you know a lot of the area of the lake because you've spent time on the lake, but none of it relates to fishing. So did you use any of like, just your knowledge of things you had seen before, maybe remembered for random reasons, been like, you know, that's probably a good thing to go check out. And then I wasn't, I wasn't going to. Um, so I went to the tournament uh, expecting to. So like for me, I, I'm a smallmouth guy. I'm a deeper, deeper water and or river person. So I like current, I like moving water, or I would rather fish deeper for smallmouth. Like if it's on a lake where they're mixed. I'm going to go try and catch smallmouth just about every time because I feel like if I can get on smallmouth, I can win. Um, largemouth, you know. But like, so I went to Tim's Ford planning to to go fish for smallmouth. And 
you know, so I just like, I was just looking at the map again, having not ever been there to fish. I was like, I'm going to go to the dam. Like that's where I'm going to go practice because the topography makes the most sense down there in terms of it's, it's steeper, it's deeper. Water. Yep. I mean, there's deep water, a, a lot of places on that lake, but you know, I just went to the dam because that's just one of those places that you can kind of guarantee there's going to be, there's going to be fish. And man, I spent my the entire day that I did practice Thursday or whatever that was, I spent it down there and I didn't go anywhere else. Um, and it did not look good. Like I wasn't, I, I was seeing fish like feeding on bait balls, like suspended over 80 feet, but those aren't catchable fish in my opinion, especially from a kayak. And, and then yeah, like, I felt like really know what you're doing with maybe live scope and you can. Yeah. But even then it's like, like I threw, like I threw at some fish, um, even, even in the tournament, like once I was kind of like messing around, just yeah. trying, trying to find additional fish. Like I, I threw a rigs, spinner baits, like moving things. And I would watch, like, I would watch those fish follow the bait and they just turn away. Um, even though they're feeding on bait. So I, I don't think that like, I think it's very hard this time of year when they start really feeding on actual bait to trick them with things that resemble baitfish to be <laughs> yeah. honest with you because there's just so much of it um that's not to say people won't catch stuff on it like i thought like a small bladed spinner bait i thought that would be like the deal and it was not at all at least <laughs> where I was. um so yeah i tried it it didn't work yeah, out. yeah for sure so like i you know i was down there at the dam i didn't see a lot of fish on bottom i didn't see a lot of fish on points and i was like this is just i don't know like i don't like it um and so i just decided not to go back there i decided out of a combination of laziness but also just like a level of familiarity at least with that portion of the lake i decided to put it in a ramp like 30 seconds from my parents house um so that's where that's where i ended up putting in so yeah like to an extent i was kind of like let's go with what's familiar but at yeah. the same time i've never fished it so okay okay what about you tyler how how'd you approach it uh i'm more of a shallow water angler like by heart i grew up fishing gunnersville so you know i go up in creeks and and stuff like that um pause and, for a second because uh we try to get him to fish that native no limit event on gunnersville <laughs> and he didn't do it he fished something else and he went out there the next weekend and we had a no limit uh monthly going on <laughs> and put up like 80 or 60 60 to 80 more inches in that day than the native event had so yeah he was i put up like 300 just for the monthly over 15 inches on that first day yeah, i put up 85 inch minimum, not 14 inch minimum yeah and the second day the actual day of the tournament at gunners were for for bash nation uh I think I caught like 320 inches uh, and everything was over 15 inches. And that's not, I had probably close to 400 inches with all the 14s. Uh, I was just smoking them. Uh, I, I have literally never done that anywhere, period. <laughs> like I hear these guys talk about catching fish like this in one day. I can't do that with live bait. I don't understand. <laughs> like, Five fish a day, ten fish a day, fifteen maybe, but like that, no. Like, and I, it, it, even if the days I've caught twelve, fifteen, they're not all good. There's right. five decent ones, maybe one good one, and the rest of them are rats. 
Like, I yeah. don't understand how some of you guys Talking do like this. 25 to 30 over a pound and a half. Or like yeah. It was David, for two David hours David. sitting in that ditch. The ditch I was fishing in that creek. I was fishing the upper end of Gunnersville. Uh, for two hours that morning, I was throwing a fluke, and it was every single cast. You could throw the fluke out there and switch it back and the water would explode, and it was a two-pound fish, just 16s and 17s, one after another. I'm telling you, you're not the only. There's some. There's like probably three or four Tennessee boys that are just deadly with the fluke, dude. Like, yeah. But you said you grew up fishing Gunnersville, and that's the one thing I know about Gunnersville. It's like if you show up to Gunnersville without a fluke, you're wrong. I don't care what time of year it is. Like, yeah, there, there's some other fluke. Yeah. There's some other topwater worms and stuff that I use down there too that like catches some giant fish, but I won't go into detail on that because we'll save that for afterwards. My... Yeah. <laughs> so uh, back to the the pre fishing deal. Uh, we went up to to the headwaters of the lake, and uh, I, of course, I, the first fish I caught was a seventeen and a quarter, and I was trying to log it on the monthly. And as soon as I went to take the picture, I don't have a, a tether on my cell phone. Uh, I felt the fish like flex, like flex up on the board and it shot off one side of the board and I chucked the phone off the other trying to catch the fish. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I spent uh, four hours at Verizon in uh, Winchester trying to get a cell phone on my pre-fishing day. And I caught probably close to 130 inches. Uh, for the on my pre-fishing day, and I couldn't load them. <laughs> Dang. Uh, well, it didn't matter anyway. You destroyed everybody in that. It, I think you had, for the month, and you only fished like five or six days or whatever. Yeah, what six day. days. 638 yeah. inches. Yeah. I feel like that's yeah, what was... I caught this year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, if you want to feel bad, fish against him in a monthly. No kidding. Uh, but the, we went back to the same place, uh, Saturday or Friday morning and, uh, actually got out of the kayaks and drug them up the rapids. Well, I didn't, I raised my XI3 up and, and drove up the shoals. Uh, my buddy Bill was like, you're crazy, but I did it. Uh, and like four or five casts in caught a 21 and a half and those fish, we didn't catch anything like that up there the day before. Uh, and it was just, it was just fish after fish after fish. And I actually throwed a different color on pre-fishing day and it was cloudy. So I went to my cloudy color, which is uh, bubble gum. And man, it was, it was on. I'm so excited when I hear someone talk about using bubble gum still. That freaking color. And you're still, so you're still fish, fishing a fluke? You're talking about Tim's fluke? I fished a fluke all weekend, all day long, sun out, all day. <laughs> he, I'm telling you, he earned that name this weekend for a reason. But uh, but uh, you have to really, it, like you know, uh, Jimmy, how Gunnersville like, sets up sometimes in the creeks uh, when you have current. Uh, and there was current up there. Uh, they were releasing water out of woods, and a lot of times at Gunnersville, it will actually stage those largemouth up on the bank. Oh, and yeah. uh, there was still enough water; they hadn't drawn enough of the lake down yet. There was an overhang, just like Gunnersville, 
And if you didn't hit the bank with the flow, you wouldn't catch the fish. Matt, like I, I had a guy prove that to me. Will, well, Will McKinnis, Will yeah. showed me that me, you, and him went fishing, and I was throwing a fluke, like three, four foot shy of like in the freaking mm-hmm. woods, and he was throwing past me, skipping his fluke past me, and he was pulling five pounders out of what looked like the dirt, and I was, oh like, yeah, wow, <laughs> and like that's what opened my eyes up to that. But that's a great yeah. explanation on that. Anybody listening to this that you know, fish is gunner's bull or now maybe going to check this lake out. Like that is the truth. It's a certain way yeah. it sets up, but you can't throw it too shallow. No, you can't. I was throw I was skipping it up into the roots on the bank. And as soon as I pulled it out of the roots, it was like whales rolling on the bank. <laughs> so it was amazing. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. It, it definitely hurt me the second day. Uh, I had a lot of uh, spectators that wanted to come up there and see what I was doing. And, a lot of them, some of them tried it and they just couldn't get it to the bank. And of course, I'm, I'm 6'2", 280 pounds. And I stood up in the hobie for 10 hours both days, skipping that fluke. Uh, and they just couldn't get it up there. And uh, uh, one of our guys, uh, Bill, was with him uh, during the event and was trying to describe like, how you're doing this and he was like man it's like watching some an expert in his craft uh, he said you were like backhanding skipping up under the overhangs and oh yeah like <clears throat> all these crazy angles up under the overhangs and uh i feel like it's like watching a crappie guy shoot docks but this dude's skipping flukes like yeah i've seen some guys do it man and like and like again will's one of them will will is dangerous and deadly with a fluke and I've, I've watched him just like you're talking about like he'll cast in areas that i would never imagine trying to throw like a worm with no hook let alone you know a, a, a hook and a bait and that's yeah. where he finds them man and it's just it was eye-opening lets me know that i suck and need to get better and this is, <laughs> and this is just another story to to fulfill that well uh since you're already since you're already on it so kind of give me a little more in-depth rundown of your of your actual tournament days um you know memorable moments you know long lull period between fish anything just uh kind of break down your actual tournament days a little bit more uh it it never really stopped uh it stopped when i did because i was tired of catching fish when you catch four 17 and a quarter inch fish within 50 yards of each other especially on tim's forward um I just went and sat in the shade a couple of times because I was. I told Bill, I was like, I'm, I'm wore out. I need a break and <laughs> sit down and, and eat a Twinkie and, and drink some water and, and let everybody that was up there go up there and fish and come back out and let everything calm down and then right back up the bank I would go. Uh, I fished the same two banks uh, that were probably three quarters of a mile or a mile long on each side. And the second day, they stopped releasing as much water, and there wasn't enough water on the bank to keep the fish up there like they wanted to be Friday. And that really hurt me. Uh, but Friday, I did lose two giants. I mean, giants, probably 20s or better, in the bushes. I mean, they'd hit, go up under a log or a lay down and come up the other side and shake off. I mean, There's nothing I could do about it. Yeah. Uh, it was awesome, but you run doing that technique is 
sometimes yeah. it's going to get wrapped up in all that stuff and you're not going to be able to do anything about it. Yeah, that's nuts, man. But it's still, I mean, over, overall, to be able to do that, the same stretch, you know, make it last and to do it with all that company. Like you haven't said like how many people, but it's it's hard to do that with one other person around that's trying to you know emulate what you're doing. So having yeah. like a, a whole flock of people out there yeah, trying to do it. And then being able to like, you know, consciously in your head, be like, it's fine. Let it rest a little bit. Let them do their thing. And then I'll go back in and wear them out anyway. Like that's pretty impressive and very like, like very like good mental control of that. Because like if I'm fishing on something and it's good and somebody pushes in on me, I don't care if you're my best friend, you're going to stress me out. Like I may not get mad at you, but I'm going to be like, Oh God, they're gone. They're get out of the way. Yeah. Like you just sit back, like you said, drink some water, have a Twinkie, and go back at it, man. Like that's, that's yeah. impressive, dude. I couldn't do it. Uh, I guess uh, I wanted to mention this. I, we kind of glazed over it, but the format for this event is a little different than uh, most other events. So for this one, uh, it's essentially you got 18 hours to catch your best five fish and. It's 11 to 7 on Friday and 6 to 4 on Saturday. So uh, it's a big, a wide window you got there. Um, but it really gives people an opportunity to like kind of chase big fish a whole day if they have to. Um, yeah, you spend the day getting your limit and then spend the day trying to upgrade. Up. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, but both of these guys, I mean, they pretty much went wire to wire first and second uh, day one and two. Uh, they both found upgrades on day two, but uh, it didn't change their standing. Um, there was a lot of good limits, though. Yeah, yeah, there, there was. Yeah, there was. I was surprised, honestly. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be as as good as it was. I mean, a uh, top seven, you know, ninety inches. Uh, We'll, we'll call it at 85, you know, down to 85 and a half in 15th place, you know, still a bunch of, and like tons of good fish caught just about all the way down the pack. So, yeah, that's what impressed me the most was like, if you look at people's actual limits or like the biggest fish in their limit, there were so many 17 to 20 inch fish caught, like that would rival probably in any lake in Tennessee yeah. in terms of like average size. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of a lot of people that were just you know had one good fish and were one good fish away from you know completely mixing up the leaderboard, um, but, you know, lots of solid limits. But so we heard about how the fluke ferry did it. I applaud you for <laughs> driving up shoals in a Hobie with a bow mount because that's what I tell everybody is like the thing that I would worry about about putting a bow mount on your boat. So don't listen to me. This guy's got it got it dialed in. Yeah, he's figured it out. Yeah, I'd like to put it, it like a sheet of plywood over your whole drive hole or something, right? That that was on my that was on my old boat because the the hole cracked on me and I didn't want to fall oh, through. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, <laughs> Jesus! But uh, Luke, tell us about your tournament days and uh, kind of how how you you know sat down on this pretty awesome ninety seven inch limit that you ended up with. Yeah, so day one, um, like I said, I put it in at that other ramp that I hadn't been to. Um, I, I knew a place that I wanted to start, though. So I started on a specific dock-ish area. Um, 
I didn't, I didn't get anything off that dock, which they had some like sunken Christmas trees and stuff like that in between these two. And so I thought, I thought I might get something out of there and I didn't. So um, from there, you know, I moved down a bit. I caught my first fish, which was like a 19 inch smallmouth. That's what I, that's the one I was talking about that I thought I was at a smallmouth range right there. And, and it was a, it was a big one, like right off the bat. And I was like, Whoa. So I was like, maybe, you know, maybe I can fish some of this more shallow, like kind of pushed in the back water and still and still be able to catch smallmouth. But so I continued on from there. Um, I I dumped pretty early in the day. I I, I jumped off a like a a giant, like probably by far the biggest largemouth I've ever hooked anywhere, period. Um, and it, it, the wow. reason was I got like a bad hook set on it. Cause it was kind of like underneath me and to the right. And I, so I got a bad hook set on it. And then I thought it, I assumed it was another, I assumed it was a drum basically, because like anytime you catch a fish that feels like that out here, it's a drum. Like when you can, say, you know, how they're kind of turn, the kind of turn on their ever, side and their tail true. slaps the line. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And so I was like, there's definitely a drum. So I was kind of like horse, like horsing it up to the surface. And then all of a sudden, as it got closer, it just came like straight up and jumped and spit my bait. And I was like, Oh my God. So <laughs> that was like, I said, being conservative, it was 22, but I seriously think it was 23 plus. Like it was a, it was a freak fish. Um, Did that make you feel any better at the uh, uh, dinner that night or the Saturday night, seeing that 10 pounder on the wall there that could have been potentially that fish. <laughs> no, there was no, I didn't, I did not see that. Oh, it was no. like in oh, the are you back about room. The Saturday night. Yeah, at the, yeah, at the I, Bass Club, there was a. Uh, Friday night, I mean. There was a uh, uh, a trophy fish on the back of the wall there that was a ten pound, ten ounce fish that was caught in ninety nine in January. Yeah, yeah, I didn't go in there. No, I don't. I doubt it was that. But I mean, it was. And like honestly, I just didn't even think. I didn't think that that kind of quality was in there i mean obviously there are those kinds of fish those caliber fish in every lake but you don't normally see them you know what i mean so yeah so i was a little <laughs> i was admittedly like rattled after that because i was like man you're not gonna get that shot again <laughs> you know what i mean so <laughs> so i like catfish fish and i caught uh one of the only small fish that i had caught that that week and then uh went on my way and then at at some point i think around like one maybe one or two so a couple hours in i i just found a spot where i i sat for an hour and a half and caught 10 to 12 fish um it just they were just there and that's the thing about this time of year like yes you can find solo fish feeding and stuff like that but those are hard to catch it's like you almost have to find them in a group and for multiple of them to be willing to go and and like i i like i said i caught 10 to 12 in like an hour and a half and nothing was under 17. I caught two 18 and a quarters. I caught a 21.75. So I actually did get another shot at a big one. Um, yeah. But yeah, I pulled up. And, and with it, like you said, Garrett, the, the format's different, right? So if it was a if it was a five day five fish both days, I would have I would have like sealed up my limit of you know 17, 18 plus fish, and I would have left for yeah. sure. But with um, this, but you I can just, kind of afford to burn it down. Oh, yeah. I, burned, I, like, I, I torched the place. Like, <laughs> just yeah. wrecked it. Like, I, I, you know, I was fishing. I was fishing a jig, and I caught a bunch on a jig. And then once it kind of stopped for a second, I changed baits and, like, caught some more until they just literally wouldn't eat anymore. So, um, 
so that kind of you know that kind of set up day one i really thought maybe we'd have a shot at like numbers or like good fish in that last hour because a lot of times you get that hour almost of nighttime so you'd get you know yeah. good like dusk feeding and uh, i did get like an 18 on top water but that 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 didn't end up didn't end up helping so that's um, crazy. That was the only fish that I had on a moving bait the entire two days. So that's it. Every everything. So it was else. everything else you said on a on a jig? Yeah, on a jig, and um, I caught some on a worm too. I mean, I, honestly, though, if you talk to me after any tournament, I catch the majority of my fish on a jig. So, like eight eighty five plus percent, probably the fish I catch. I'm telling you, once but, you figure a jig out, it's hard to put it down. Like, yeah, G man, yeah. you know, talks about. Everybody knows, you know, Gerald Swindle, you've heard him talk on the jig and it is, it's deadly anywhere, everywhere, all day, any season. It doesn't matter. Like once you get confident, you don't have to get good at it. You just have to be confident with it and it's going to catch something like, (laughs) yeah. And you you know, there's, I feel like that's one of those, that there's always a bite for it too, to an extent. Um, Maybe not as good as other things for sure. Uh, But yeah, that's kind of my, that's kind of my preferred deal. So then day two, you know, I went out after, I think I had like 95 and a quarter or something after day one. So, I mean, honestly, if Tyler didn't have 90, what did you have? 92 something after no, day one? Three. No, after no. Yeah. 90, 90, 92 something day one. Yes. Yeah. You, you yeah. Think honestly, like if you hadn't had 92, I probably like would have. What'd you say? He was only like two and a half inches or so. Probably. Yeah. So I would have had like no stress going into day two if, if he hadn't like broken 90 i i don't know that that was just shocking to me that that it was fishing that good but um but yeah so like going into day two i was like i i probably need to upgrade maybe not but i probably do so i went out and went more main lake and ended up fishing deep bluffs which is what i had planned to do from the beginning um fishing for smallmouth so my day two was basically all smallmouth except for a really deep large mouth that i caught but um but yeah i made a couple upgrades you know, I, I upgraded like two and a quarter inches. Didn't really change what I was throwing. Just different area, deeper water, smallmouth. So nice, man. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So two completely different approaches to this, and yeah. two very completely opposite ends of the lake. Yeah, yeah, like ends yeah. of the lake, and yeah, roughly the same like spectrum. You're both like good ninety inch plus finishes, good fish. Like that's a that that's. Tell tell signs that that lake's just fishing really good. Very, very I mean that. If you like ask said uh, before, them, yeah. Well, no, I mean look at the <laughs> looking back at the results again. There were so many yeah. good fish caught, so yeah. many good limits like that. Yeah, that there, place there was, was just on fire. I think, yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's a time of year thing. It's also like there's fish, there's good fish. Like I said, their average fish size to me is really good, especially compared to lakes around here. But the I don't think they're everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, I covered like day two, I covered a ton of dead water. Like I I'd turn up a channel and go in a bunch of different pockets, like just really fast. I covered so much dead water. Um it's, so it's definitely, I mean, one of the directors, the host club mentioned it. It's definitely a feast or famine type of lake. Um where like you're saying like there's tons of dead water, but if you find them, you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna end up in a sta- a pile of good fish. Luke, for you, was there without you know like giving up your area? Was was there anything that you put together that was like something they were relating to a certain type of area that 
you were able to like once you found like this active feeding pod of fish you could find that somewhere else and do it again or was it kind of just falling on top of a group of them i didn't figure anything out to find numbers like there wasn't any anything to me that was dictating numbers i did i i did kind of realize i i got bit like two or three of the for initial fish that i caught were off of like a certain sort of style of rock like rock backdrop and so i I, I think there was something to that, but, but beyond that, no, I mean, I saw, I saw fish in a lot of different areas. I mean, obviously they're, they're all like year round, they're going to be on bluffs. So I don't really even, right, right, right. In. but I mean, like, like I said, there was a group of largemouth on day two that was in the middle of a cove on the bottom in the middle. So like, if you have the sides of the cove, right. And then you have the very center of it in 32 feet, they were on the bottom, just a group of largemouth. Jesus. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I did not really figure anything out in terms of like what specifically was holding them. Yeah. And then uh, like I was talking to a guy on the way back from uh, my spot and uh, I had caught maybe I think I caught one 12 inch that whole day and <laughs> he caught like 90 something inches uh, <laughs> from the same ramp that I did and I was like oh, that really makes me feel good. <laughs> but yeah we say it all the time man it's fine the spot inside the spot it, but <laughs> he his pattern so to speak was throwing a popper uh up behind the docks and up on the walkways of the docks and stuff and catching i did notice there's like tons of bluegill up shallow and they and they would hit anything that like would pop the surface like if you dropped a spider or something on the surface there'd be like a swarm of bluegills uh, like piranha almost and he was i guess replicating that with a little popper and getting big large mouth and he caught some small mouth doing that too uh, throughout the day and it's like dude there's really there's no pattern on this lake right now it's yeah just, just and it's like spots. there's so many docks and they're all floating docks because their drawdown so severe yeah so like every dock has cables every dock has basically a plastic bottom on it you know what i mean so there, there's yeah. not even like variation really no. to the to sort of like Except maybe point. some some of them might stick off of a point instead of being right. off of the right. uh, like off of the side of a, of a channel or something like that but other than that no, there's not really any variation on on the docks was there uh, tyler for you was there anything that like obviously we've talked about if you're targeting like way up shallow. Was there anything like specifically that was standing out to you, like certain type of clump of tree roots or they were like relating to rock way up shallow, anything like that or uh no, I mean both both sides of that creek I was in, I mean you would have like a fifty yard stretch of nice clay overhang that was full of water with roots and lay downs mixed in it, and then you'd have a a 25 yard stretch of rock with a little bit of overhang and they were i mean as long as they could get out of the sunshine under the overhang they were there and were they were they was it almost like instantaneous bite or were you having to like kind of oh it was one or two twitches and it was disappeared that's that's awesome that's what i'm talking and sometimes it wouldn't i mean it would hit the bank and the water would just explode (sighs) see that's the kind of stuff i live for I need that adrenaline rush in my life again. 
it, it didn't. I mean, I did not expect to do that at Tim's Ford. I would guarantee you that. <laughs> That's awesome. It was like being in Gunnersville for two days. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah, it's it's really cool to hear two totally different styles almost of fishing that uh, both got it done on the same body of water. Uh, yeah, and like th- this is pretty extreme differences. Like you hear about oh, a guy, yeah. like guys like oh I was throwing a swim jig and I was throwing a chatterbait. Like okay, moving baits, we get it. But like one guy's throwing a jig and one guy's you know twitching a fluke. Like two, like you said again, opposite ends of the lake, opposite types of water. Like that's just, it's really cool that that worked out and gave you both these great finishes. Good, good into your year. You know, you always like ending the season out on top and y'all have definitely done that. Um, so, uh, you know, that being said, how, how's next year looking? You guys uh, already pumped up for next year or anything I'm ready changing? To go. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Any uh, yeah, I, just, I... I just bought another lithium battery. <laughs> <laughs> Got to spend those winnings, man. That's right. Burn them. Any of you, either one of y'all, going to dabble with the national stuff? Or are you going to kind of stick to doing the the tournament trails or the local trails? Are you going to do both? Or uh, I'm going to stick to doing the, the, our club tournaments. Uh, I'll probably fish a few more Bass Nations next year. Uh, uh, I'm hoping to get a roll down spot to go to the Bassmaster. Hopefully, I was like one spot out of that. I'm sure you'll so. get the opportunity. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. Hope so. <clears throat> um, yeah, for me, I'll be I'll be doing local stuff next year. Um, I'll be fishing as many of the Tennessee Bass Nations as I can. There's going to be quite a bit of overlap just because they've got. I think they're putting like ten events on the schedule like next year, which is a lot. But um, I think what did they do this year? Like five or six. Seven. Seven, seven, I think. Yeah, seven, it was a yeah. good number too. Yeah. So um I'll definitely fish those next year where I can. I would like to fish. I'm waiting to see the schedules for like Kobe and Bassmaster to see, you know, what first of all, if there's anything here in the area, but then two, if you know, there's anything that's like reasonable, you know. So yeah. I've got two I've got two small kids. I've got a three year old and like a ten month old. So it's uh it's a little bit challenging when you're talking about two day events and you know traveling for i mean how many ever nights you're going for that so um we'll see it just kind of depends what's on there i definitely would have liked to fish the 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 kayak classic though tyler on uh 10 killer i think that's gonna be cool so, oh yeah did you qualify for that you qualified for that didn't you no no i didn't i oh, i didn't. fished that i, thought you I fished that state tournament but i had never been to gunnersville and it was a it was not good. Yeah. So. <laughs> the Gunner, Gunnersville's yeah. been a greedy little bitch lately. Like, and oh, yeah. I, I would have honestly, I think it's just like pressure, but yeah. it used to be the lake you could go to and just have a fun day and not worry about it. But it has been kicking most people's teeth in lately. It, it showed yeah, up pretty good I, during that tournament though. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I, did. I think it I was mean, it's like, still like, people are still catching a ton of good fish there. Like yeah, and I don't. Fish, I think like, it was like 160 inches. Barely got you like not even top 10 or not yeah, even top yeah. 20 or something like that. Yeah, and I don't. I don't fish many grass lakes, and when, even if I do, if they offer that, like I I don't fish there. So 
Gunnersville was a little bit, I, I was pretty shocked by the amount of yellow grass. Um, oh, yeah. And it, it, it's bad this year. Dude. It, it's bad, man. Yeah, it was, it was like pretty that, wild. It'll take, so. your, it'll take your trailer right off your truck, man. Like, it's, <laughs> it is so, I've been seeing guys posting pictures in the groups, like pulling these, you know, giant boat trailers out with two, three hundred pounds of eelgrass. You know, just looks like a, a duck blind when they yeah, come yeah, out yeah. versus a boat trailer. But yeah, uh, I was talking to a local. He said people were selling their houses because they can't even get their boats out of their slips. Like, yeah. Their, yeah. their their boats are permanent, permanently on the dock, like unusable because they can't get them out because of the grass. So they've definitely, I mean, it's like yeah, the fishing is good, but it's kind of a problem. Um, but yeah, so well, it's, no, I, you I, know, it goes from it being a everybody complaining because they spray so much. So right. Yeah, exactly. Spray and this happens and it's like, like all right, this is why we grass? spray, guys. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. well, exactly. 15 years ago, eelgrass wasn't even a thing. Yeah. Right. I mean, the, between the eelgrass and I think the coal plant on the north end really hurt the north end of the lake. Yeah. I mean, I, that's where I grew up fishing was from from like Town Creek up to the dam at uh, Nickajack. And man, back in 2005 to 2009, uh, if you didn't go down there and catch six or seven fish over five pounds in a day, it was... It was horrible. Uh, it was just insane up there. Uh, caught, I've got several fish mounted in here on the wall that come from Gunnersville that are over eight pounds. Uh, it was a it was an excellent excellent fishery until then, until 2010 2011, and the upper end kind of started to decline. Yeah. Wow. That sucks. Uh, but yeah, no, just really local events, Tennessee Bass Nation. We'll see. We'll see about the national stuff because I just don't. Right now, I just don't have the the time to uh, to go do that as much as I'd like to. I definitely understand. Yeah, it's, uh, sure. He's a so new all parent. of us are in the dad club now. So. He, he's a new parent. Yeah. I'm right. reparenting <laughs> with a new baby, so you're, you're, I'll be uh, number two doing the podcast. Yeah, number two for me, and they're twelve years apart, so I'm a. Uh, Wow, I am not even fresh in the kid game anymore. So it's gonna be like starting over for me. It's... I'm excited though. Like two I'm, month I'm... old as of yesterday. That's awesome. I can't wait. I'll yeah. be. I'll probably be like over it within the first like week and be like, oh my god, I have no time to do anything now. But, yeah, that's whatever. cool. Congratulations. Yeah. I appreciate it. Well, uh, we appreciate y'all coming on. And uh, before we let y'all get out of here, this is usually when we let y'all, you know, thank any sponsors you have, family, wives, anybody that, you know, makes this doable, easier for you, helps you along the way. I have no clue. I just fell over there. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, Tyler, if you want to take it away, just tell us uh, tell us who helps you or thank anybody you want to. Yeah, I thank my wife. She uh, puts up with my three to five days of fishing a week. Uh, with two small kids sometimes, and uh, I own my own bait shop, so Cedar Creek Tackle. I make my own stuff, build rods, uh, all that fun stuff. You got a special fluke skipping rod that you built, don't you? Or I do, yeah. That? It's actually a baitcaster blank that I cut down. I was going to ask you what you were throwing flukes on. It is a, a 7.6 CRB blank. Uh, medium heavy that I cut down to seven three seven four, 
Uh, it's actually about an inch too long to stand in a kayak. It's great for bass boat fishing, but I plan to build another one and make it a little bit shorter. But it's it's stiff enough, but it's got enough parabolic bend uh, bend to it that you can you know flip it up under the bank. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of it's all technique. I mean, you stand next to somebody in the bass boat for so long, you'll you'll learn how to backhand and skip pretty quick they say that i still can't do it so that's <laughs> <laughs> oh anybody else that makes it easy for you uh, that's that's about it i love my kids they they root me on my daughter was there during uh, check-in she was excited to see me uh my little boy was with my dad uh hanging trail camera so he didn't he didn't get to come and see <laughs> He ain't worried about that right now. He's worried about shooting. Oh, he is. I just bought him a new canoe uh, to fish out of. Awesome. So That's cool. And he's eight. That's awesome. He's going to be stealing my money probably by next year. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's hammered. <laughs> eight. Where it's like, he's I eight years old. Uh, three years. And so. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's got two bait casters and two spinning rods, and uh, people in bass both will stop and watch him fish. I mean, he's wow. he's good. He's good. <laughs> I love it. it. I can't wait till he beats Garrett in a tournament just so I can enjoy this one. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll cut this clip and be playing it over and over and over. Like you, you said it yourself, sir. What about you, Luke? Anybody? Um, yeah, my wife. I appreciate her taking care of the kids and my in-laws uh, helping out while I was down there. But no, man, other than that, really just family, stuff like that. And the local guys. It's always fun to, to travel with them. So the Tin Cat. The Tin Cat group, there's some good anglers in there, and they're uh, they're a they're a fun fun bunch. So appreciate them. It's awesome. Guys. I think that's probably one of my favorite parts of this whole event in general is just uh, bringing your whole team down and getting to hang out with your team for the weekend. And uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the team the team trips are definitely definitely fun. Definitely fun. Even if the fishing is yeah. like like last year at Kentucky Lake, and that sucked. And uh, it was still fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. As long as I had a little too good. much fun uh, Saturday night afterwards. But, uh, <laughs> uh, that, that sounds like you for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, we appreciate y'all coming on. We don't want to keep you all night. Awesome stories. And congrats again on doing so well. And, you know, uh, good luck next year. And we hope to have you back on the show again soon. Sounds yeah. good. Thanks Thank for having us. Nice meeting you yeah. guys. Nice yeah, meeting you all. Time. I'll talk to you later. See you. See y'all. See you. All right. Sounds awesome. I definitely, it's really cool to hear the two totally different things. Cause I mean, like I said, we've covered hundreds of tournaments at this point and you hear there's always a couple of ways to do it, but yeah, that is two very, very opposite ends, you know, like, very very opposite ends like it's i can't even put into words how different that is like no i think a lot of that too can lend to uh it being like kind of the fall transition right now so you're gonna have a lot of fish doing a lot of different things right now yeah yeah a lot of a lot of active fish a lot of you know not active fish too yeah (laughs) Uh, Garrett, garrett found all those yeah, I found all them. I know exactly where I could drop a pin on them for you. Uh, Cause so on uh, my 
pre-fishing day. I uh, didn't have my batteries charged or anything. So I just went out with a glide bait. Because uh, I had no graph or anything. And I just wanted to see what I could pull up to see what I could see uh, visually. And throwing a glide bait around lay downs off the main lake. I pulled up some massive largemouth. Like, they never hit it. Well, I actually had three hit it. Uh, didn't hook them, but just had them come up and smack it. Uh, I had a couple, I had two particularly, I remember watching stalk my bait that was like 21 to 22 inch large mouth, just like coming up behind it like that, looking at it like, uh, maybe I'll take a bite off of that, but no, they never committed to it. And then those laydowns during tournament day, I probably fished religiously until I was like, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> They're they're not here. <laughs> they're not. They may be there and just laughing at me. They're literally just sitting down there looking up at you like this. Like, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, man, a uh, good show is good. Good to record another one uh, local. And uh, yeah, yeah. We'll tune in next week. We'll be covering the Susquehanna Bassmaster event. I'm sure because I'd love to hear about that event. And I'm kind of curious oh, yeah. to know how that event's going to fish this time of year. Um, cause I know when I was still considering going, I was kind of curious to how it would be up there because like, I know how to approach like a really good moving water area when it's warmer, but they're going to be cooling off faster than we are. So like, what does that do for those waters? So I, I I'm really excited to see like the numbers for this event and like, if it's, just a couple of people catching them or if it's like a really good I, bite. I think in all honesty, it'll be better. And I think really, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I like fishing rivers and stuff more so in the winter than I do in, in the hot times of year. I don't do it. And that could be why I don't have anything to say on that. Like, I mean, obviously like I just, it's, when it gets cold, uh, I like to go fish slow and deep. Um, there's I don't, definitely I don't, something you're missing there, man. Yeah, the, I, I, the, I need to do it. The winter time and like colder water river time, I guess, is uh, there's there's some special stuff there. I'm gonna have to check it out this winter because, which well, I say that I'm gonna have a baby, so essentially, like much. the uh, the fall transition happens a lot faster, and it's like they're basically full blown fall patterns right now. Yeah, in the farthest parts of the river partially also could have been why tyler did what he did at this event because he was basically in the headwaters like he said um where the water temps were significantly cooler than like the main lake temps so they're like way further along in the fall transition period in those sections hmm let's check it out yeah well been another great show we appreciate y'all hanging out with us and uh don't have any tournament recaps for you this week uh wife took a break and i forgot to do it myself so oh man two weeks in a row without that we're gonna get yeah I- i'm gonna have to start doing them again canceled hey, here hey yeah hey cancel culture can eat me okay yeah cancel me send me on vacation i don't care but uh so you know once again we appreciate everybody coming in and hanging out with the paddle and fin club and listening to me and Garrett ramble on about tournaments that we both suck at there, you know, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, 
Yeah, it was a little painful to sit through this one, knowing how bad I did and how. That's how I feel terrible. when we cover national events that I competed in. I'm like, yep. oh yeah, you caught 110 inches. You know, f you. Okay, like. <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, we've covered probably 10 events this year that I fished in and done. I fished terrible all season. I mean, I've done well in like a handful of events, but it's time to retire and take up content creation. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, or just reevaluate my bigger tournament strategies. I guess. I'm just gonna quit my job and do content full time. Hey, there you go. There's one way to do it. Check out my only fish page. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're fish getting dips. out of here, folks. It will get. <laughs> we're getting out of here, folks. We'll see y'all next time. Peace. See it.